what is this about the Georgia Guidestones? To the Georgia Guidestones. A southern mystery. Three days ago, a mysterious man went by. R.C. Christian paid for the Georgia Guidestones, but now they're gone. What? What? A monument. Wait, wait. Destruction of the Georgia Guidestones, a monument puzzling from the start, only has heightened the mystery. We know who paid for the Georgia Guidestones, but no one knows R.C. Christian's true identity. Uh, R.C. Christian. What do you think that's like for? Something Christian. They theorize that R.C. is Rastafarian. Oh. But Rosicrucian. Rastafarian. Rastafarian. Rastafarians and. But they don't mention Ted Turner <laughs> in this anymore. I guess he told them leave my name out of it from now on. Okay. Nora's intentions for American Stuntons now destroy the mystery behind the monument lives on atop. A windswept hill in rural Georgia stood a 19-foot, 3-inch high granite monument with a series of instructions for living in a future age reason. Unveiled in 1980 near Elberton, about 100 miles northeast of Atlanta, the Georgia Guidestones have been shrouded in mystery and the center of controversy for decades. The true identity, the man who commissioned the monoliths, and the meaning behind this cryptic ten-part message, inscribed in eight languages, remains unknown. Yeah, I always meant to check, look into this. What the fuck are they? I mean, like, yeah. Yeah, it's too late. We can't go there anymore. They're not there anymore. They knocked them down. I heard somebody, <laughs> some nut with a truck. It's a put on. It's a put on. Far right called U.S. Stonehenge satanic and cheered when it blew up. This is July 7th. July 7th. Surveillance video released by the Georgia Bureau of Investigation shows the Georgia Bureau. That'd be a fun skit to do. Like, ah. We're talking about the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. The internal workings of the Georgia, <laughs> Georgia, Bureau. Georgia Bureau of Investigation. Let's see. Leaving behind a leg. Oh, here it is. <laughs> cool. The Georgia Guidestones. How did, whoa, holy shit, he's got some dynamite going on there. What? It wasn't a truck, it was Interesting. something. Why don't they show what led right up, right before it? Just one little tiny thing, huh? Mm. That sounds like a setup to me. Something going on, something going on. There's something going on, it's probably, uh... You know, it had some clue showing a tie to uh, white supremacists, how much you want to bet. Um, Probably. <clears throat> said the Georgia Bureau investigation said unknown individuals, individuals, We'll go, 
Georgia. What kind of fucking investigation is unknown individuals? Give me a fucking break. There's a there's a video right there. Fucking idiots. Liars. Oh shit. Washington Post won't let me read it. <laughs> Okay, Amy Chong. The Enigma uh, originally consisted of uh, the demolished wait, uh, shows a car leaving the scene shortly after the last video footage released by law enforcement. Although the GBI did not specify whether the driver was connected to the incident. Later in the day, authorities demolished the whole monument, citing safety reasons. Yeah, sure, they did the same thing uh, with 911. Uh, uh, the, the whole trade center was relocated to China by the same day. The Enigma of the Guidestones, located in Alberton, can be traced to the late 70s, around the time a man commissioned the project on behalf of a group of out-of-state Americans who wanted to remain anonymous, according to the Alberton Granite Association, a trade group. People who knew Christian's real identity took an oath of secrecy that has not been broken. Guidestones funders wanted to make a moralistic appeal to humanity, according to the trade group, and etched ten guiding principles onto the stones. Multilingual manual for humanity has been a popular spot for visitors over the past decade. Uh, the instructions repeated in language uh, is largely con uncontroversial. They urge humanity to protect nature and care for fellow citizens, but two entries raised eyebrows. They called for the world's population to be capped at 500 million and encourage reproduction to improve fitness and diversity. That's eugenics. There were some 4 billion humans alive in the late 70s. Right-wing conspiracy theorists such as InfoWars founder Alex Jones have seized on the edicts as proof of a nefarious globalist scheme and that Jewish, that's code word for Jewish, by the way. In a 2008 document, he pointed to the grandest slabs of evidence that global elites were plotting to enslave most of the world. Then the coronavirus pandemic misinformation circulated that linked the emergence of the virus to the Guidestones. Um, and Marjorie Perjury Taylor Green, who has spread and supported unfounded conspiracy theories, told Jones in an interview Wednesday that the monument represented a future population control was envisioned by the hard left. There was a war of good and evil going on, and people are done with globalism, she said, adding that she would wait for the results of the. <laughs> it doesn't sound like she's waiting for the results of the investigations. The Guidestone also got a mention in the state's GOP gubernatorial primary this year. Educator Candace Taylor, who finished his distance third to the victorious incumbent Brian Kemp, pledged to dismantle the monument and fight the Luciferian cabal that she suggested was behind it. On Wednesday, she called the Guidestone satanic, applauded the destruction, and alluded that the incident might be an act of God. Despite the controversy, they... they I can't believe that this person got away and it, it's on fucking film. Despite the controversy, many Elberton residents are proud of the Guidestones and the city's mayor, Dana Graves, said the monument attested the exemplary craftsmanship of local masons according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. There's only one community in the world that could build such a monument. <laughs> <laughs> What's that noise? What's that monument? I wanna, I wanna. George Guidestones. 
What the hell happened to George Godstone? <laughs> so it's rubble? Part of it is rubble? Now, what in tarnation happened to the Georgia Guidestones? George Gadstones. <laughs> what the hell? They won't say. It's like a big secret. That's all you got, eh? That's all they want to know. What land happened? There's, there's, there's a car, and they demolished it and took it away. Oh my god. That's not, that's not good. Poor George Gadstones. It had something about keep capping the population at 500 million and fit it. Fit, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> what in charnation happened to the hashtag George Godstones? Georgia, Georgia. Did you say uh, Bill something about Bill Gates? Maybe no, I didn't say You didn't say it? No, my George Gadstones! Who was the guy who said that was... Oh, Ted Turner. Yeah, because... he used to be mentioned as one of the investors. Uh -huh. And now he's not mentioned at all. Because, uh, uh, George Gadstones. <laughs> because, uh, you know, think about it. Okay, who else is into eugenics like that? 
you know, limiting the population, yeah, uh, uh, other than the Nazis. Who else do we know who's, who's uh, we know who's uh, into a lot of pies, a very rich person? Bollocks. Don't you get stoned? What the hell? That's <laughs> funny. I didn't know. Bill Bill Gates. I think Bill Gates might be behind it because uh, he's in. Yeah, you know how. Um, oh yeah. You know, he's into curbing the popular, the world. Well, I mean. Uh, yeah, through uh, birth control and vaccines. Yeah, exactly. Vaccines? Wipe out the population, basically. So, people who took the vaccine uh, theorize that they're going to be uh, infertile? Could be, could be. Could be a whole fucking range of things. We have, we, I have no, well. Isn't that scary? There's an entity in the world that's putting in there to, to manipulate the outcome of the future in the next five, ten years, twenty years? Well, um, this government in America, America, where America is strong, um, <laughs> uh, you know, they're pretty goddamn untrustworthy, you know, just look at their track records. And... You know, we have GMO food. Other countries don't, they banned it because it's, it causes fucking cancer. Duh. Well, that's a big business. They put fluoride in our water, just like the fucking Nazis. So, yeah, this, this government sucks ass in this country. I didn't know, I didn't know it until, until I came back and y'all, y'all are a shithole country now. <laughs> Y'all are a shithole country now. Oh, Better start speaking German, motherfuckers. You know, present, present company excluded. Breaky Southwest, you rock. Yeah, I split the country after 911. Good thing to get the flock out of here, man. When Bush, Bush stole that election, the Electoral College, and then the Supreme Court. I was living right down the street, working at the State Department. Yeah, we had high hopes for Al Gore because he was the logical. Yeah, he would have been a lot better. And, and it's because of the fucking electoral college and the stolen like three. It's disastrous. It's really the electoral college has too much power. The difference between Al Gore and George W. Bush with the fucking nine one one inside job. Go fuck yourself, man. Fucking Nazis. They put money in their pockets <laughs> Money's in the pockets of the electoral what? The Bush is money in the pockets of the electoral college. Oh, yeah? Maybe. Could do, could do. They got lots of money. They got lots. Because of our Busco and being uh, vice president and then president himself. And George, George Herbert Walker Bush. I wouldn't 
out. They got a million. You know that that whole one. accent is total bullshit. They're they're Connecticut Yankees like I am. They're from fucking Connecticut. They just put on that stupid ass Texan like accent. Texas. Yeah, just to be folksy. Cause it's a fucking CIA thing to do. Fool people all the time. Some of the fool most of the people. You can fool some of the people all the time. Fool <laughs> some people all the time. And all the people some of the time. Can't fool all the people all the time, unfortunately. But if you're president, you can pretty much fucking do everything you want. I mean, anything you want, including fucking overthrow the government and get away with it for at least, you know, who knows how long he's going to get away with it. How long is he going to fucking... I mean, like, his, his, uh, his mentor was a mob attorney, so that's, that's why he's Teflon Don, man. That's why nothing sticks. He's a mob attorney for... for a uh, mentor. Yeah. And his dad, too. His dad was a fucking sociopath and, and um, you know, doing the same thing that that's where he learned all these, all this fraudulent tax, every type of tax fraud imaginable. And then some, he probably invented new forms of tax fraud. Because <laughs> there aren't, aren't laws about it, so he can get away with it. Tax fraud. Okay, tax fraud. Let's let's watch something about. Um, I wonder what Gaia says about the George Gadstones. February 8th, crews tear down what remains of structure after explosion. Heavily damaged by explosion. Mystery to Georgia Guidestones. Make your first credit card work harder for you. Install the Chime app today and get started. you are about to learn is almost never described publicly. Behold, the Georgia Guidestones. These granite monoliths mysteriously appeared about 40 years ago. And if you're thinking aliens or a cult or even the Ten Commandments, well, you're not the only one. Lord, Just ask me this guy. Can you take pictures of it? Southern Stonehenge are about to get totally weird. Georgia Gadstones. These granite slabs are on a farm outside of Atlanta, and no one knows exactly what they're doing here. In future generations, they will wonder who put those stones there. Why do they put those stones there? 
Hudson Combs here from the beginning, 1979. He took these photos as the Guidestones went up. 19 feet high, a quarter million pounds, and built to withstand an earthquake. The four slabs of granite each have ten guiding principles of truth and harmony. Look. They're inscribed oh. in English, Russian, Chinese, Arabic. The list of languages goes on. But Hebrew. what does it all mean? I've had people, some say it was some kind of Satan worship shrine and it ought to be torn down. I've had others say it was the uh, holy spot on earth that the holy grail was buried under there. Some people think it's a beacon to UFO. Hudson is one of the only people to meet the man who knows the true meaning. His name is R.C. Christian, and he paid for this all to be built. And wouldn't you know it, R.C. Christian is a fake name. He was very concerned about the problem. Do you think he could still be alive? Probably not. I'd say early to mid seventies. I'm not saying he couldn't be alive, but he'd been off the old man. Even the people who built the Georgia Guidestones say that they don't even know for sure when R.C. Christian wanted this. Not even Wayne Mullinax sold five acres of his cow pasture to make space for the stones. My house uh, from here is about 600, maybe 700 feet down there, and we didn't have a problem unless somebody was going to come and sacrifice one of my cows, then I would have had a problem. Did that happen? No, it did not, but I did get nervous several times. Mostly what's happened is a constant flow of tourists to Georgia's granite country. That's what this region is known for. We do headstones and things of that nature, monuments. We do war memorials and things like that, but this really is one of the largest. Let's build beans. The Guidestones bring about 10,000 people a year to the town with a population of only about 4,500. People all the way from Australia and China. With all the tourism, is it possible that R.C. Christian was someone from Elberton that simply wanted to promote the area? I'm thinking probably not, just because there was no marketing done really after the Guidestones were erected. If you're going to put up something of this nature, then you're going to market that, right? You're going to tell everyone. One of R.C. Christian's conditions was that there'd be no tourist attractions on the land. No t-shirt shops or crystal necklace stands. But there's no stopping the cosmic curious and the theories they bring with them. I try to get up here three to five times a week. The real secret is under there. At some okay. point, these will come down. There's a time capsule right up there's actually been a lot of speculation about the existence of that very time capsule. There's some things you just don't tell everything. Do you think it's there? Uh, let's just say yeah, I'm not going to capture that. What's supposed to be in it? Bad. Well, a lot of times this capsule goes <laughs> in different places with different things in it. And that could be the true identity to the group that uh, Mr. Christian represents. Maybe the time capsule's buried somewhere but not there. I didn't say that. That's just, that's just my speculation. <laughs> Whatever the reason, these slabs are built strong enough to stand on this earth longer than any of us, leaving the future generation guessing. It's like looking at a painting. You can see the painting, but you don't know what the painter really meant. Whatever it means to you is what it means. There's no right or wrong. <laughs> well, that was weird. What do you know? Show. 
some unknown individuals came here and blowed it up. I think it's more possible that this dumbass legislator mentioned that, you know, it was satanic. So, yeah, they went and blew it up. That could be too. You know, just like January 6th and, you know, pointing the tens of thousands of, of these rabid right-wing fucking Nazis. Yeah, Nazi uh, supporters. Pointing them... We're going yeah. to the Capitol. I'm going to fucking practically hold your hand as we go down the street. He was so pissed off. He tried to strangle the drive, the, the Secret Service driver of the, they call it the Beast, like the, the presidential car or whatever. So uh, he tried to strangle, fuckface, orange Nazi, he tried to strangle the, the, the driver and take away the wheel and to, to make him go to the Capitol. He wanted to be there and riots against police with his fucking Nazi supporters. You know, just like his, just like his daddy. In uh, 1927, his daddy rioted against police, Popos, with a thousand other Klansmen in New York City. And he got his name in the Trump's, paper. Trump's, yes, uh, Trump's daddy. Daddy, so 1927. Um, got his name and address in the newspaper, and then when the New York Times asked him about it in like 2016, when he was running for president, Trump he said, "Oh, that wasn't my dad. Oh, that wasn't what the. It's not. That's not. Wasn't. Wasn't me." Um, and uh, and and there were no charges, so they you can't say that in the newspaper I'll sue you, you know, that's, that's what, you know, that's, that's his tactic, so yeah, that reminds me, I need to send a note to the, okay, I need to send two notes. Well, he was born around 1940, right? He's
Um, the other one was, was, uh, hmm, write a note to, shit, what was it? Oh, yeah. University of Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, um, academic, uh, fraud, academic fraud. On his own. Good luck, fuckface, Nazi ass dump. Comedy people. Yeah, the Nazis. Nazis. <laughs> right, comments. 2.9k comments. I visited the George Gadstones. <laughs> okay, and they're out in the middle of nowhere next to a cow pasture. I I think it was somebody who was from that area. Who's who is from that area? Admit that. Do Google search. I don't carry my phone anymore. <laughs> I never carry my phone on me. Next to a cow pasture, it was a different experience, and I felt perplexed after reading the messages on the stones. Automatically made me think of depopulation as they gave a set of rules to follow. Nice road trip if you're not too far away makes you wonder, though. <laughs> Appreciate your timely efforts in this uploading. My thoughts on this is this was financed by the New World. New World's. Alliance in the 70s, New World Alliance, okay, New World Order, maybe. The overall principles align with their tenants, I believe, R.C. Christian was Carl Rogers. And Ernest Kallenbeck, who wrote Ecotopia, when combined with their last name, initials are R.C. Carl Rogers? Mr. Rogers, Andrew Kevin. <laughs> was, that, was that a cowboy or something? Was that a singer? No, that was uh, 
Oh. <laughs> uh, I was surprised RC in the letter he stated never heard of the New Age movements. And yet those principles clearly show otherwise. I grew up in the 60s, 70s and was aware of these interesting developments of the counterculture times. Just a thought, thanks. I wonder why this video doesn't show the first and most alarming commandment, which is maintain humanity under a half billion. Which would mean that almost everybody needs to go. It's like they're not showing it on purpose. Huh. Yeah. They mentioned it, though. This has something to do with what's going on in the world today, and yet people are called conspiracy theorists. Never heard of them until today. They're one state away and built during my youth. Yet I never heard mention of them. Wow, it's bizarre and intriguing. <laughs> I'm still no mention of Ted Turner. All right. T.T. They didn't mysteriously show up. They were created by a granite company in the 70s by paying customers. I like the practicality of that at response. Having went to school in Everton, this makes me sad to how poorly this video was done. All you spoke of was the rocks and the speculation as their origin and why they are there. This video didn't even cover what was written on the stones. That's the real story. Also, the hole in the center points toward the North Star for the summer and winter solstices. It also has a sundial, and stones are lined up with the pattern of the moon for the year. Well, that's interesting. Mysteriously appeared 43 years ago, mysteriously destroyed 43 years later. Those stones are mysterious for a reason. <laughs> These stones are built to stand on this earth longer than any of us. Anti-globalist patriots, hold my beer. <laughs> Who's here in 2022 after the stones had the explosion? As for the originator, the stones are undersigned. R.C. Christian, understand this is a pseudonym. The name Christian Rosenkreutz is German for Red Cross. It's a historically well-known pen name which was used by members of the mystic order Rosicrucis, a.k.a. the Order of the Red Cross, a.k.a. Rosicrucian Order, an ancient secret society that is now enveloped within part of the larger organization of Freemasonry within its York Rite. Yeah, I was, I was thinking Masons. It's, it has all the stamps of the Masons to me. But uh, Rosicrucian... You, that's what you said. Um, I don't. Okay. Um. <clears throat> Even cursory research into. Freemasonry reveals its connection with witchcraft and Satanism or Luciferianism and involvement in bringing about the so-called New World Order. I mean, yeah, it totally sounds like a New World Order thing. The Georgia Guidestones are a declaration of intent, including the intent to reduce the world population to 500, 
500 million people i.e. depopulate murder 95% of the population we used to have 6.5 billion now we have what 8 billion people in the world is that right look it up I don't carry my phone I never carry my phone how the heck could this video not mention the Godstone's very first commandment? I'll read depopulation. It didn't mention it. <laughs> they said 500 million. Perfect. Thank you very much for the best news today. Only intellectual authors, their descendants, and their ideological partners should have been surrounded and buried under it pretty close. Sounds to me kind of like people kind of know what's up, actually. Um, I completely understand the reasoning for this, and it appears to me that so many people are completely clueless to this. If someone who had a lot of money back then, and a lot to spend on whatever they wanted, these people usually like to have their names attached to this. Very curious that this person didn't want that. Very mysterious indeed. Unless it was more than one. Maybe it was the whole, uh, you know. It was a pact. These things are, it's a, uh, to consecrate something. I know this sounds crazy, but about four years ago, I was in an abandoned building in my town that was notorious for being the haunted house in my small town. I found a box with about 200 pages of Rosicrucian documents. The documents are typewritten and where written by someone in the room recording what the others were saying. These documents talk about some pretty suki stuff. I had suki? What's suki? Oh, spooky. <laughs> I have 200-ish pages and they're really old and I did some research on the Rosicrucians and there is apparently only supposed to be 10 degrees of Rosicrucianism but all 200 pages are from the 12th degree. I feel like there is a deep conspiracy behind this. Please PM me for more info. I will do anything to help get to the bottom of this edit. If you look into the Guidestones, and there is a conspiracy that the Guidestones were, were Rosicrucian. I had a blue orb travel through my home, right through my window, about eight inches across. It made no noise. Travel through the house and out the back. I did not touch it. I'm glad I did not. <laughs> and out the back. Yeah, I did not touch it. I'm glad I did not. <laughs> I think these orbs that people see, I think. I think a lot, a lot of this stuff is probably just like the fucking government. Uh, you know, they have all these inventions and stuff that we, we've never seen. So, yeah, wow, it looks like a UFO or something. It's an orb. Everybody, people are seeing all these orbs. I think they're probably drones. How much you want to bet they're drones? Orbs. That everybody, not everybody, that you often hear people talking about when they, you know, they've had some kind of paranormal experience. Okay. If 
finally someone has spoke about the time capsule. <laughs> I believe that the time capsule is there and hopefully one day someone will dig it up. If it's not there, then that will be stupid because the statue had been planned by Robert C. Christian. Robert? <laughs> For about 20 years. Why wouldn't he put it there? Okay, what's about code? Uh, coronavirus first step in depopulation. As per Georgia Guidestones, this is biological warfare, not military warfare. Uh huh. There you go. I mean, yeah. What the hell? What in tarnation? Haven't heard that so long. The longest time. Whoa! <laughs> There's like a song for everything, huh? That could be that could be my SNL character. <laughs> the here are the um what it said maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature guide reproduction wisely <laughs> guides reproduction wisely Oh yeah, so by banning abortion, that they'll have more women that die. Oh yeah, I forgot to tell you about this this uh, blood sacrifice deal that was apparently arranged under the like Elizabethan, you know, John D. Okay, um, the the court astrologer and uh, necromancer. That's the right term. Um, Necro? but... What, what is that? Do with uh, yeah, black magic and stuff. Magic. Anyway. He also created, um, MI5. What's now MI5? Hmm. I mean, like, he was... Guarding the king. Guarding the royals. Carried out orders, yeah. Um, but no, it, there was, uh, according to Michael Tassarian, who's probably my, like, number one philosophy guru, he's, a, like, a mythology expert, or world mythologies. Uh -huh. um, and she does, you would, you would probably dig it. You kind of look like him, actually, now I think about it. You look like Michael Tassarian. <laughs> That's funny. No, um, but, uh, okay. 
so it said that okay at that time um the the this whole thing this whole idea about as above so below right so they were making contact with the what do you call it macro macro beings macro something like macro beings not that exactly and uh and they in order to do like kind of like downloading they got a bunch of people together that's part of the francis bacon and the shakespeare and stuff and there's also that you know scientists and you know they gathered all the uh all the brightest of the bench right and they um created univer created universities and the universities were uh were created to um to work on you know they're they're um compartmentalized from each other but the as a whole, universities are set up to gather knowledge for, basically, like, the crown. You know, I, I think you're right. Most people are, I think that, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, if you do research, that's kind of what it comes down to. It's All roads lead to the crown. <laughs> and Rome leads to the crown, right? You know, the original fascists. Well, actually, no, no, that, that's, um, I misspoke, uh, you know, not, Rome, no, I don't think, no, Rome and the church are too, I mean, there's the Vatican, I mean, Rome and, in the crown, okay, because Rome actually had a, uh, I want to say fatwa, that's the Arabic, that's what they do in, uh, Muslim cultures, like, uh, what do you call it, like a, a writ? of execution or whatever, like to, uh, oh, fuck, they tried to assassinate her, they, they put, like, a hit on her, in, uh, the Vatican, put a hit on Queen Elizabeth, because, you know, the, she was going away from the Vatican, you know, from their power, so, they put a, they, they put, like, um, assassination order, you know, on on her uh, for that but anyway so yeah. so Michael Sarian's uh, idea was that in exchange for this the knowledge or like tech technological uh, technology basically you know transfers downloads um, that they in turn, have to make a blood sacrifice. And that's what, you know, like, um, uh, like insignia, it's deeply symbolic. He goes, he's an expert in the, in the world's symbolism as well. And he goes at length. He 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 totally dissects the queen, the queens. You would fucking love it, man. We should watch it right now. Um, he totally dissects the all the symbolism involved in 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 the queen's uh, coronation or in the coronation. Oh, oh. You did. 
Because Charlie wants to what? No, I've been neglecting a whole other realm of stretching. Uh, ah. Usually when I stretch my, my leg up here, I, I go like this. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that stretches out pretty good, but I just realized that if I did this, that's another realm of stretching that I have. Oh, I'm gonna go check out my mom over here. I promise. Promises, promises. Now we never keep all your promises. <laughs> know that I believe you made all your promises now I never leave all your promises 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 YouTube. Promises, promises on YouTube. Promise, promises. Naked eyes. Never a doubt. In the beginning, I feel On and on, we laugh like kids.
Naked eyes, always something there to remind me live 2016 Sandy, Utah on Drew Armstrong's YouTube channel. You're welcome. Yes, yes, thank you, Tristan. That was wonderful. <laughs> Trump on the rope. Trump on the rope. Ain't no surprise. <laughs> I want something like to remind me. So what's your name? Sam Bailey. Sam. I want something that you remind me. Let's see, are you still there? Yes, you are. Oh, hello, darlings. Hello, darlings. How are you doing, eh? KAMP Student Radio. I hope you're Um, And Kepiwati, our Res family. We are family. I got all my sisters and me. We are family, come on everybody and dance. <laughs> family. Let's see, it's a freaking ride. The weekend show meets psychiatrist to diagnose, oh my God. 
Nice, 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 Let nice. Let my man spice up Excellent. your love life like it does for thousands of couples. It's super affordable and the the psychiatrist sounds alarm on Trump's deteriorating mental fitness. Midas touch. Yay. Five. Oh, five minute news. Five minute news. Thank you, Midas touch. We get show. Are you with Anthony Davis? Sunday, August 7, 2022. Welcome to the 25th episode in this series from Midas touch and five minute news called The Weekend Show where we take a deep dive into the news of the week. You can download the show as audio in addition to my daily five-minute news podcast on iTunes or wherever you get yours. Joining me today is a physician, a forensic scientist, and world expert on violence. She leads a project group for the World Health Organization and is currently president of the World Mental Health Coalition. She consulted with governments on prison reform and community violence prevention, both around the country and around the world. She's authored many books, over a dozen in fact, including The Dangerous Case of Donald Trump. Uh, welcome Dr. Bandy Lee. Dr. Lee, hi. Thank you very much for being with us here on The Weekend Show. Thank you very much for having me. Let me start by saying that I, I actually think you're a very brave person. Why do you think I would think that you are brave? Are you able to answer that question? Well, I mean, not for coming on this show but for speaking out in the way that you have. Yes, I'm uh, rather surprised to find that this is surprising because I felt that I was merely responding to my professional responsibility. In fact, uh, going back to early 2017, I and my colleagues, in fact, I had many colleagues who are counted among the most uh, respected in the field of psychiatry, we came together and believed that Donald Trump in the office of the presidency was so dangerous that we had a medical and professional responsibility to society to issue a warning about it. So that was when we began immediately with my conference at Yale School of Medicine and then the New York Times bestseller, The Dangerous Case of Donald Trump. 27 psychiatrists yes. and mental health experts. It's on democracy now. was an unprecedented bestseller of its kind, um, which spoke also to the hunger on the part of the public. So I did not see that as anything really out of the ordinary. We are doing. She was interviewed on Democracy Now as well. Situation. Um, and we were meeting a public need, and we did so. Perhaps we sounded hyperbolic at first, but. Uh, but it was based on our expertise, uh, being um, having the, the knowledge and clinical background and experience in public health as we, we did. We were in, concerned about the public, not about Donald Trump as a person. Uh, and it was not political concerns that drove us. So I felt that it was pretty much a response to the force. In fact, uh, just about everyone we spoke to, all our colleagues, agreed with us. We had a medical consensus. But I believe that as time went on uh, and our voices became more and more marginalized, I believe because it is precisely the 
information that would empower the public and that was necessary for the public to protect itself. This is a corporate that, media. Uh, that we were Break up uh, the corporate media. Out. Call the and DOJ 202-514-2000. Tell them to break up the corporate media. We have five corporations that own all of our media. Medical uh, responsibility and professional ethics. Then people were faced with a tough choice and many fell away. That said, uh, hundreds and later thousands of mental health professionals joined us, which was how we formed the World Mental Health Coalition, and uh, we have taken action in many ways that I think uh, have helped educate the public, but certainly not no longer having the platform that we did early on, uh, it was very difficult. In the very beginning, I was invited to just about all the major network and cable news programs. There wasn't one that I wasn't invited to. But later on, producers, writers, even reporters would try to get us on and simply would not get it approved. It's very interesting to me. I mean, I think this is where independent journalism has really kind of come into its own in the last few years in the United States. And there are some amazing people doing incredible work because the mainstream media is beholden to shareholders. They are businesses, ultimately, and... I mean, people didn't even watch CNN until Donald Trump came along, right? You know, these, these stations were on in gymnasiums or in hotel lobbies, but people didn't really, weren't kind of glued to them. And, and the, the circus that came with Donald Trump gave these networks ratings, and so therefore they wanted to promote Donald Trump, even networks that were on the left. Um, they saw him as a great draw, and, and that really is the tragedy of, of American media, I guess, and that's what compelled people like me to set up Five Minute News, and, and certainly many others who I know. Um, let's let's address the, the elephant in the room, and that is that mental health is still taboo, right? Despite the fact that you know people are getting better at being open about it and you know I, I've been in therapy for years you know I, I put myself into therapy and I'm very proud of being in therapy it's made me a, a better person and it was you know it was personal I'm psychology but for everybody it's different and our relationship with mental health professionals is a very intimate one um, you know, Donald Trump would never admit to being mentally ill, of course, because, you know, he is prevented from having any flaws, you know, the, the way his mind works. But it seemed, I'm not a mental health professional, but it seemed obvious to me, even before he ran for president, even just seeing him in interviews, that this guy had some serious uh, mental health issues that I was able to diagnose from afar without any qualifications. And yet the greatest criticism that yourself and your colleagues have received from Republicans and Donald Trump. And you notice uh, he's, he and his supporters are always attacking Biden about his mental fitness. So you know that he's, he knows he's going down. Supporters is, how is it possible to diagnose someone without even having met? So let's just deal with that, really, the first issue that, you know, mental health is not something that people are very open about in the United States, and how you are able to get into the mind of somebody who you haven't met. 
Well, what one can get into and not get into depends on the science. In fact, there are certain conditions that we can only assess from afar, such as dangerousness depends on knowing about the situation, getting collateral reports. It does not depend on a personal interview. And uh, diagnosis for treatment, uh, which is very much the, the concept that the right-wing media and even the American Psychiatric Association try to promote. And uh, I should mention that I quit the organization because of its heavy ties to the pharmaceutical industry would not welcome uh, the, the fact and the knowledge and even our responsibility as psychiatric professionals to be involved in matters of public health. And so because this was a public health matter and a matter of dangerousness uh, that tied very closely with mental unfitness, which is also another type of evaluation that we do apart from diagnosis. In fact, uh, again, diagnosis is only when one is doing a personal uh, treatment situation that is relevant. And therefore, um, the whole discourse was carried in a way that was irrelevant to the situation at hand. In fact, I believe that uh, it was deliberately taken that way. And, um, uh, and it was because the knowledge that we had to give to the public was important and critical. Uh, in fact, after the Yale conference, I was invited by dozens of Congress members um, to speak with them. And eventually, I spoke with more than 50 Congress members. And they have consistently said that uh, if we could educate the public on medical matters, that they could intervene politically. Uh, that if we were able to turn the public around, and I met with Jane Raskin as well, who was uh, formulating at that time modifications to the 25th Amendment, which would allow it to be used uh, more easily. And, uh, and he himself um, had also spoken with John Fearing, uh, the author of the 25th Amendment, with whom, who invited me to, uh, uh, to a number of his, his workshops and we had spoken in conferences together that uh, for the 25th Amendment to be implemented uh, appropriately, that it should be data-driven. That was one thing he emphasized. And medical data are part of uh, what can do that. So blocking the, the, those medical data um, was critical to keeping Donald Trump in the presidency. And I would not say that the American public was as unaware of mental health issues or were as stigmatizing of mental health um, as, as they are now, because I was, in fact, astonished early in the Trump presidency and before that at the interest that we were consulted, just like any other expert of any other field. Uh, and as I told you, I was invited to just about every major news network, uh, cable and, uh, and otherwise, and, uh, and it was only after, in fact, the American Psychiatric Association came out and said that we were practicing armchair psychiatry and using psychiatry as a political tool, which I think, I believe actually they were projecting what they were doing. 
Well, that, that's often the case, though, isn't it? And, uh, and I guess that projection is probably going to be a big theme of this conversation today. Can, I, can we talk about this suppression of truth, as you call it, and, and, uh, and explain a little bit about the Goldwater Rule uh, of 1973 that was, that was changed, wasn't it? Uh, just explain what, what that means and, and why it was maybe changed. Yes, what alarmed me uh, was not so much, uh, in fact, the Goldwater Rule is insignificant. It's not even a rule. That's a misnomer. And indeed, it was considered outdated even when it entered into the books in 1973, based on a 1964 presidential election of Goldwater um, campaign. And, um, and so to elevate such an insignificant so-called rule that was not taught in any residency or any psychiatric training program, which most psychiatrists at the time did not even know about, uh, should be elevated to being more important than the danger to public health that Donald Trump posed. So for people that don't know what it is, let's just explain it. it, it the Goldwater Rule prevents uh, professionals from diagnosing uh, public figures, is that right? That is how it is publicized. Actually, the Goldwater Rule falls under the guideline that, that psychiatrists uh, participate in activities that improve the community and promote public health. So it's actually an affirmative obligation where if we are asked about a public figure, just don't diagnose since we haven't examined them personally. But the and that's change, perfectly reasonable. The change came just a few months after Trump was in office, right? So yes, what, what, what March, the, March 2017. So who changed that and what was their impetus? So the American Psychiatric Association issued a uh, public statement that they were reaffirming the Goldwater Rule, but what in fact they did was create a new gag order in that they modified uh, the just do not diagnose clause into do not make any comment of any kind. Uh, as related to the uh, president drawing from psychiatric knowledge and experience. Right. And that... Uh, because they, that knew, they, knew that could, they knew that you know, they were dealing with a man. They had one office. They were, you know, these, the people behind this. And this is me saying this now. It's not you saying I'm not putting words into your mouth. But it just seems very obvious that this was a politically motivated decision because they got their guy installed with the help of Russia and various, you know, whatever, whatever was behind it. They got their guy in and they didn't want to have anybody questioning his ability to uh, be, you know, be president. And they certainly didn't want to invoke the 25th. I was 14 weeks pregnant when they found a huge tumor in my colon. I specifically remember getting a phone call and she said you could keep her baby. Yeah, I'm a child, yeah. Say hello to way more quality finds you'll love forever on Wayfair. Way more dependability. Talking about uh, well, whether or not they got the guy. Like the uh, all these uh, mental in. health coalition <laughs> came together to warn the public about Trump deteriorating mental <laughs> that he's dangerous. It's, it's dangerous to have him. That all the mental health professionals are telling us 
the sky is dangerous. It is, to, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we can get him behind bars. It's sad, man. He's got to go fucking behind bars. You can't just do all that shit and expect to fucking walk free. Really? No fucking way. I, I, I would, I'm personally, you know, I'm, the, I, I'm on fire for this. The, uh, he has to be in, he has to be barred from, from, from prison, from prison, <laughs> from office, holding office, okay? If he's barred from uh, office, holding office, and <laughs> an ankle bracelet in whatever, Gitmo or Cuba or whatever, I have um, visions of like in, that's like, cool in Superman, you know, but you he know. has to be barred from public office he cannot terror he's, he's just he's killed a million people man he yeah, killed a million people from COVID you know that's something yeah, everybody should here. know um, yeah. I have visions of remember Superman 2 where the, the General Zod and his entourage were in, uh, imprisoned in this bubble and they were just roaming space in this bubble until an asteroid hit the bubble and they broke free. Mm-hmm. And then they came to Earth. Where's the nearest shovel, do you know? Um, oh, I'll go search for one. Over here for me? Probably one. to anybody at any time in any job. But I just want to talk about 
Donald Trump specifically and when you first became alarmed? The reason I ask this is because there was an article in Vanity Fair that was published in November 2015, so two years before the presidency. And the headline was, is Donald Trump actually a narcissist? Therapists weigh in. It says, as his presidential campaign trembles forward, millions of sane Americans are wondering what exactly is wrong with this strange individual. When, when did alarm bells go off for you? How early on? Uh, was it when he was toying with the idea of, like, of running for president? Every time you come in, you like knock shit over and bring it. I grew up in New York, so I knew about Maybe like right here, just like take a deep breath or something. Fuck it in. You just like knock something over. You were going to, yeah. By the time he was running, I had done plenty of psychiatric training and, uh, and had plenty of experience. And so uh, it was one view of him uh, on the campaign trail where he was interacting with his followers that I recognized him as a dangerous personality that I had been treating as a psychiatrist for over 20 years at that point. Now I might mention that being a narcissist is not necessarily a disqualifier. Level of narcissism is, and so whether one has the illness or not is also not a disqualifier. But the level of it that would render one unfit, and there, there are also numerous circumstances where one does not have to have a mental illness to be unfit. So, what was he doing on the campaign trail that, that, that set you up? Uh, well, he was interacting with his followers in ways that. Um, that augmented uh, the, uh, his uh, dangerous rhetoric uh, that um, showed that he interacted with them on the basis of dangerous psychology, where he would be attracted to dangerous means, uh, to getting his ends, and uh, that he was actually marveling at his own ability to incite violence, to uh, speak about violence, and spoke about shooting someone on Fifth Avenue, and he would still have followers, and so he was recognizing that his own mental defect was in fact attracting others who are uh, seeking that kind of uh, compensation or that kind of synergy. Um, I said as early as uh, well, in 2017 on Democracy Now!, I said that he has shown an attraction to violence as a coping and, uh And that was what was manifesting. Of course, in the beginning of the presidency, we did not know there would be a pandemic or an insurrection. But we knew that were there a crisis, Donald Trump did not have the mental capacity to handle it. And that mental capacity was showing itself from very early days. In fact, it was within seconds of watching him that I recognized this dangerousness and lack of capacity. Did you think that his political flip-flopping in previous decades was an issue? You know, he famously said, if I was ever going to be pres run for president, I'd run as a Republican because, you know, that lot are so stupid, they'd vote for, they, you know, I could convince them to vote for me or words to that effect. And, you know, but actually he'd been a Democrat, he donated to both parties, and, and really he, you know, it was all about power from very early on for him. 
And, I mean, it's well written that he didn't really want to be president. You know, he, he wanted to set up a, a TV network, Trump TV, from the basement of Mar-a-Lago. He was using the campaign, really, to kind of promote himself so that when he lost, he could then go and have this kind of, you know, right-wing news 